0: Hello and welcome to the Lost Air Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. And um I just realized that today we always like lead in really slowly to what this is, even though by the time it goes out, the name of the fucking podcast is there at the top. So yes. I can go, ooh, today, have a guess what we're doing. Like, everyone right now is like everyone <laughs> right it. now say say it. What we're doing. Mm. They've already said it. Look, get to it. They're doing B sides. We are um we uh we had B sides on the back burner for a long time, and now it's time to actually do because some of the great B sides are not available on uh, Spotify uh, mm. platforms, so it made it hard to. But these are the ones that are. There's a few that I love more than the ones that I yes. put on, but they weren't available. So um, like, definitely, that's every now and then we're hamstrung by the platform that we're on, but it's it makes for easy listening and easy exactly. Yeah, one of the so, things I um, want to
1: get across to people as well is that um I would really appreciate. We always ask them to do it, but I really want people to kind of weigh in on Facebook and Twitter and all that malarkey with what their favorite B-side is, whether it's on Spotify or not. Let us know what yours is, because it's one of those things that's I think uh, B-sides are one of those um, kind of music fan uh, treasure trove things that you might not have actually heard it before. Could be a great song by an artist that you love and you may never have heard it before. So I want people to weigh in with theirs. Absolutely, yeah. There's certain ones that maybe do I
0: don't know, songs that for whatever reason never made it onto the album. They were, it could have just been, yeah. there's already a song a little bit like that mm. on the album, so or it's too long or something like that,
1: whatever it was. yeah. Um, and in some cases, they wrote it to be the B-side. Exactly. I think there's a, there was traditionally uh, one of the, 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 I think at the beginning, B-sides were just excess kind of chopping around floor, malarkey left over from the record or sessions and then eventually it kind of it seemed to uh, seem to evolve into the band wanted to experiment or? a little bit and do something different yeah. that wouldn't fit on a record, or maybe they mm. just dump it on a on a CD or whatever. I know just one band that I have on here that w- we're told that like they had to have for every one single they released had to have three B sides ready. You know, so well, it just became a thing. Um, there was a particular era, like the '90s, in particular B sides were just a huge thing. Like, yeah, one of the artists I picked uh,
0: said that he didn't
1: even know they
0: were a thing until England, like the English record record, I was ID B sides, and he was like, okay. Yeah.
1: Grant yeah. weird okay. saying, because even going back you remember like nine inch nails when the downward spiral came out and they'd release closer cd one single and there'd be like three of them you know what yeah. i mean and you had to like they all came in weird kind of clamshell cases and in some cases <laughs> the first one would come with like two or three empty slots for the cds that were going to be released in the weeks yes. previous there were like oh, mini box sets you know it's pure fucking
0: now <laughs> like uh, to be cynical it's kind of like get them to buy more and more and more, but
2: they're
1: collectible. If you had it done it now, it'd be worth something. Yeah, maybe. most of those nine years nails here, not actually. Mm.
0: I think I do. Like, um, like, the art of the B-side is sort of dead now
2: uh, because Pretty much, the, yeah.
0: al- the album is sort of dead. So yes. you've just got singles now.
1: Um, yeah, B-sides are hard. a relic of a relic almost
0: yeah like i wanted when i released that when i put that single up for spotify it should be out in a couple of weeks uh i was thinking fuck i should put a little b-side on something that i didn't get done in the in the proper Mm -hmm. studio something i just have master it nearly the same and then i was like fuck they're gonna cost me it's gonna be torn into a mini ep then like it doesn't really spotify doesn't really recognize b-sides so much so it would have been an extra like extra bit of money to put this thing on I'm, nah, yeah, I'm good. Well, does,
1: will anybody oh. appreciate it? that? that's the issue you're no, dealing with in, exactly. in this year you know think just...
0: the, the be- yeah the best option is just to have those rarities yeah have them chopped up little EP in yep, between definitely. where like Kendrick Lamar the, the, the B side is kind of dead because unfortunately the album seems to be sort of on its way out. possibly yep. it won't ever be dead but a lot of artists now are going the EP route which is a great route or
1: um just a single yeah exactly yeah.
2: Yeah, and they're not well, even singles hard.
1: they're just dropping tracks on spotify like it's, 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 tracks it's, it's and one then, removed again
0: yeah and then these just they just get added to the spotify playlist mm. of that artist it's weird yeah it's, it's crazy weird because there's, not, there's not a lot of consistency to if you wrote a bunch of songs at a certain time in your life they have, they sort of sound the same or yeah. have common themes or even just recorded in the same place yeah so it's kind of weird um it's we, we've all got classic ideas of pieces now i will say this straight off but nearly i know actually all my b-sides are like alt rock artists yeah but because that was when <laughs> i was listening to b-sides when i was a teenager yes. in the 90s when i was like a sponge for music and i needed to yep. know more remember remember you were like that people used to be like that about artists now, now artists have to beg and scream and shout to, like look what i'm doing everybody yeah, yeah exactly a while ago we used to be like put your email in here for the mailing list. Everyone will be clamoring. To the yeah, account. everyone will yeah,
1: be jumping over it. it. Exactly, yeah.
0: I want all the information. I want B-Sides. I want that B-Side. I want that song you always play live. I want that recording yeah. of that. Like, and now, yeah, it's just, it's different now. So, like, there's no point in me pretending that I was listening to B-Sides from stuff in the last 10 years, because I haven't mm. been. Yeah. So they just yeah. simply haven't been, and they haven't really been. Like, Deftones are a classic example of a band that everyone thinks have whopper B-Sides, but they're all covers. Yes. I didn't really want to get on that route. And I also did not want to get on the room. And you're the same. We talked about this before we started. Those B-sides that were so popular, they became A-sides. Yeah, that's another podcast for another day. That's a different one. And, and realistically, all you're talking about then is well-known singles. Yes. What, like, yeah. Like, yeah, Pretty much. Pretty much. It, it's, it's a linear note or liner line whatever to say, oh, this used to be a B-side. Exactly. But these, are, these ones here are just very, very popular with the
2: bands, fans, uh, B-Sides. Yep. Yeah, we don't know. Do you
1: want to kick off? and start? kick off it? here. we yeah. my fourth one, which is uh, Anthrax, and the song is Parasite. Oh, and yeah. um, it was the B-Side to 1988's Antisocial. Now, I always liked Anthrax. They were always, they're obviously one of the, the big four trash metal bands. So for me, I loved Metallica up to a certain point. I loved yeah. Megadeth up to a certain point. Um, yeah. Like uh, uh, Slayer, Slayer if Slayer had uh, the best of Slayer, I'm going to be honest with you. That'd probably do me. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff um, on those. I need a bit more than that, but I can see why people. Yeah, I, I think that, like a, a double a double best of Slayer is probably loud for me to be brutally. Honest she could you. be right actually. Yeah, double, um, Yeah, I'll, I'll sign you up for a double. That yeah. be me as well. Um, and and then you had Anthrax, who even though I wasn't a massive fan of the Belladonna era, vocally. Uh, there's still some amazing songs there. Amazing, amazing, amazing songs. And um, Anthrax would have been one of the first bands I got into after Megadeth, sorry, after Metallica. Megadeth mm-hmm. were, were always there, but for some reason, uh, for some reason, Anthrax kind of just sang my songs a bit a, a bit more. They, they kind of jumped to me. So they, they had an album out called Attack of the Killer Bees, yeah, hang uh, on. Yeah. So,
0: While why you're talking about bees yeah. and stuff like that, did Antrax yeah. ever, ever, ever do anything with Wu Tang Clan? Ever? No. Because I was going to say from the same C E That's it. Belladonna and Capadonna on the mm. same track.
1: Exactly. <laughs> anyway, and you imagine and then but, bees and, on, and no. killer bees, yeah Killer bees. So anyway, come on. Yeah, Killer bees is, is the fucking is the Wu Tang kind of. Yeah, th- they didn't. I think if I remember correctly, the Killer bees isn't really a B sides album for Wu Tang. It's like um all their affiliate groups. So they all, they had like Wu Tang Records. So they signed all their mates to record deals, and they this was like a kind of a tester thing where they were showing off a lot of their new talent, and they'd have like all, like what was the name of that group? Children of the Sun or something they were called, and like RZA jump in and do various with them that kind of thing. It's actually pretty good. It's like RB is a deadly name for like a B side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thing. yeah And then I was realized that's what this is, presumably. Amtrak's got there for us. Yeah. Ah, got fuck yeah. yeah. I was like, no, no, we'll change it. It's not too late to change it. <laughs>
0: Even though we've already made people say the name of the.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Which which would be different by the time it goes out. Oh, it's, it's getting deep now. Oh, I'm getting deep. Fucking uh, B- Bception. I hate
0: that when some, someone says something and you go, oh, Do you know what that'd be a great idea for? It. And you say it and they go, No, that is what it is. You're like, Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is what it is. It yeah. Talking to Killer B is B says, like Oh, yeah, no.
1: Oh, uh, I get it. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this um this song Parasite is actually a cover, but it's a cover of like uh kind of an unknown French band called Trust. Um song was of, of the same name, obviously song called Parasite. Um so hmm. this band Trust banged it out and it's it's uh, okay. So this is real weird. So okay, no, I'm getting it all wrong. This this is where it, well, we're actually into B section here. So Parasite is a kiss song, and Antisocial which was the A side, was a cover also. I only found this out. I didn't know Antisocial right. was a cover. It's incredibly complicated. This is why I picked it, because it's a mad fucking story. So Antisocial the single is a cover by a French band called Trust. And the B-side, Parasite, is a Kiss song that was written by Ace Frehley. Now, right. that that Parasite song is considered to be, like, probably one of the heaviest Kiss songs. Because Ace Frehley didn't write that much stuff because the lads weren't too happy with him. Gene and right. boys were like, that's all right. a bit heavy. It's a bit too metal. And he was like, man, this is what I'm into. Let me do some fucking hard-rocking yeah. shit, you know? Also, the crossover with fans is unmistakable. Loads yes. of metalers love Kiss and vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. So they released this single where the A is a cover and the B is a cover. And then eventually Antrax brought out, this is fucking crazy. They bring out a couple of years later, they bring out another single that has their version of Antisocial and them playing the French version of Antisocial and their Kiss version. their their uh, version of Parasite by Kiss on there as well. Now, eventually this is added on to, um, obviously th- this, what we're, we're taking this from, not the singles. It's impossible to get the, the, the singles with the B sides on Spotify, as you mentioned. So this is coming from yeah. attack of the killer bees. The song itself, anti-social was from, um, what was it from? from state euphoria. So uh, dealing with like how in 1988, there's a band from New York who are just getting going, find a French rock band to cover, for their single that they're going to put onto their album. And then why do they decide? Well, if the A side is a cover, why don't we make the B side a cover as well? And we'll cover Kiss Another American Man. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I can't fathom mm. why the B side isn't a song of theirs. I, 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 it bothers me. It actually <laughs> bothers me. It bothers me that like both sides of the seven inch were covers. And, it was never really, it wasn't hidden, but they never made a big song and dance about it. Now, the know, song yeah. itself, the song itself, Parasite, is actually really good. It's a really cool, it's one of the standout songs, actually, because a lot of the stuff on Killer Bees are like, it's um, a couple of live versions. That's whatever bullshit. I think, if I remember correctly, there's only one, maybe one actual new Anthrax song. On Attack of the Killer Bees, and it's not yeah, good. Yeah, they
0: sometimes throw a true and new one on to yeah, to to sell spice
1: it, to. it up. Yeah, there's there's one I think it's called uh, um, starting a pussy or something. That's not good. It's not good.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and I, I thought about picking that, but at the side, it's just so shy. I can't, I can't actually do it. I can't put it on. I got to pick one of the covers because Antrax were known for doing a lot of covers, and especially with the stuff going on now with Scott Ian jumping in with um, your mates, um, what are they called? Mike Patton's band.
0: Oh, he's in with Mr. Bungle now. Yeah, there. he's playing
1: yeah. with Mr. Bungle now, and then he was playing with S.O.D. and stuff like that. Because actually, on Attack of Killer B, is that B-Sides compilation, there's a couple of S.O.D. covers, which is weird because members of Antrax are in S.O.D. It doesn't make much sense to me. Right. I, can't, I can't figure it out. So what you're dealing with on this, this, this B-Sides compilation is probably 80% covers a couple of live things and one new song, which is garbage. So the best of the bunch from this B-side compilation for me is Parasite. Um, There's a weird remix of Metal Trash and Mad and stuff like that doesn't do anything for me. But Parasite itself is a really cool song and it sounds like an anthrax song. I need to go and find the Kiss song um, to see if the riff itself is lifted or whether they kind of rework the riff because the riff sounds super anthrax-y. It's super trash right. metal. Well,
0: maybe that's what drew them to it in the first place, though. It could be. I mean, like, that
1: can happen as well. Like I said, I know that Kiss song is is known for being mega heavy, and I know a couple of the other Ace Freely songs. Um, I think there was stuff on Revenge that he wrote for them that was mad heavy as well. And um, when they were trying to do their their whole grunge movement, and. Oh. Um, I, still, I know they're not super mad on doing the heavy heavy stuff, but this is one of them that they they only played live for a year before the crowds so were like, just play fucking God gave rock and roll to you, and you prick. <laughs> Um Anyway, that's anthrax with parasite off attack of killer bees. Yeah. Originally, the um, the B side to anti social in 1988. Who was your first one?
0: My first one is a very famous B side. Um, it's yellow lead by Pearl Jam, <laughs> and this is probably such a popular B side that it is. In a lot of people's like top ten Pearl Jam songs, and if you were to ask me to name like ten Pearl Jam songs, I'd have Yellow like not my favorite. I'm just saying, at, mm. name ten. Yellow Ledbert would probably come up in the first ten. It always strikes me as such a big song for them, mm. but it's actually a B-side from the Jeremy single from 1992, ah. and it was an outtake from their first top and ten, mm. <clears throat> and it's one of the four songs that Pearl Jam ever wrote together, and um or. Mike McCready said that he
1: we oh, never played any of our so We're supposed to play. Some nah, of it? it Doesn't <laughs> matter. We can play. We do a few selections on the, yeah. the playlist is There, we will do a few selections. You let me know if you want to play it, and I'll let you know if we're going to yeah, play Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, we'll play. It's an anthrax song. You, you know what an Antrack song sounds like? It's grand. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was yeah. looking at it there, going, "You never press play on it." You know what? that's all right.
0: Yeah. Well, Mike McCready said about this one. He said he can't remember why it never made it onto ten, but he remembers being really pissed off and. Mm. Sort of sad about why it didn't. It did eventually appear on Lost Dogs, which is the B Sides and Rarities album from 2000. I've seen that float then, around
1: before and I never, yeah, I never yeah. picked it up. I'd bother listening because I said like, before, I'm not a mad Pearl Jam fan, but as I got older, I started appreciating them.
0: Yeah, it's more like this <laughs> song definitely does sound like it's somewhere between. Uh, 10 and v which makes no mm. sense because it was written sort of before 10 it's technically in the same in the same uh era anyway like it's only a, a few years in the difference of them anyway mm. but it does it could fit on the first two albums it is has a bit of that slower acoustic start to it and then it mm. kind of kicks off a little bit uh, the vocal on it is incredible eddie Vedder is, is really really good now. um he said before that this is There's a lot of people wondering what the song is about and it is, according to him, was written in the Gulf War era and it's a sort of anti-patriotic song. Anti-patriotic song sounds like they're coming down on America. Maybe they are, or not. But it also, just means it doesn't mean anti-American. I think an, yeah. anti-patriotic means I don't give a fuck about being patriotic. Yes. Like me and you were the same, like that about Ireland. It, it's yeah, whatever. It shouldn't be, but well, it's, it's what other of people are getting like Ireland. I'm like,
1: yeah, grand. Yeah. I only get pro-Ireland when people directly in front of me are anti-Ireland. Oh yeah, and totally. Then it's I'm, then I'm not full. my natural state to be pro-Ireland. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have to I mean, be antagonized we, we, into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, just, that's just us, though, as yeah. people. Um, yeah, in the same way, Born in the USA is definitely a bit of a dig at war, but it's also more of a dig at people being patriotic for the sake of a blindly yes. patriotic. Um, this song appears in the finale of Friends, which okay. is the first time um, Pearl Jam have ever licensed their song to be used in a television show. Friends! Yeah, obviously, obviously not. yeah. yeah are they, Friends had a U2's uh, it was it with or without you as well? And that was the first time you two had ever given their music to um, a a TV show. So Friends obviously having all the money in the world back then, like every and, bit of money. And
1: Hootie and the Blowfish. Remember yeah. they were in. There was an entire episode dedicated to Hootie and the Blowfish. I fucking I loved Friends at the time, but oh, I, you I would have to pay me insane money to sit down and watch a single episode of it right now. I watch it all the time. I just do you around. can't do it. Yeah.
0: it's. I'll say this: but it's consistent every way through. Like it. It holds up a little bit. The, the weirdness of Friends holds up. Look, I'm not talking about Friends now. <laughs> stick on a um, stick on a little bit of that now. Like Friends, I yeah. can take or leave. I, I do find just absolute oxygen television. It's like breathing air to me. Just stick on. <laughs> nothing's changed in my life, but there, I'm still alive.
1: Right. I'm gonna play uh, a bit of this yellow, uh, yellow lead better.
0: It's it is a great song to be fair. Like it's Pearl Jam do write so many like good songs that it makes sense that they will have good B sides and they have got a good few B sides and rarities. That song in particular is played usually at the end of their gigs because it goes into a big sort of what's the word? build down so free free form kind of thing where they <laughs> yeah. can get away with elongating it, stretching it, yeah, fill the time, yeah. cut the time. And uh, he'll sometimes sing different lyrics over the end of it and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, it's it has a bit of a freeboard <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes, yes, yes. like and stuff like Um mm. the live performance was a B side on Daughter, which is on the next album ah. as well. It's probably one of the most popular B sides I know in, in the in general, mm. not just it's, it's definitely Pearl Jam's biggest B side, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the song a lot. I do. I, like like I said, I love early Pearl Jam. After that, after a while I can sort of pick bits like you said make mm. the best of pearl jam yeah. from the later years after the first two albums but uh yeah, yeah that's yeah. all i have to say about yellow Library. because like you like we were just talking about before this there isn't a massive amount <laughs> of information on some of these pieces.
1: Very difficult to find. You, you'll find <laughs> reference. You'll find reference to the, the single, and you'll find information yeah. about the A side, but you won't find fuck all about the B side. You probably yeah. probably have to go and like read the biography books and the behind the scenes books and stuff like that. Yeah, and like uh, a lot of these B sides and collections had them in the notes. Yeah, you I know just, have, they have like, never digitized the the artwork for the, the only the front cover which is insane, there should be an option in the spot where you to click it and you get to read the whole book. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, it's, it's silly that it's not there, you know, and it's, would, it's, wouldn't it wouldn't take much. will wouldn't take much. No, it wouldn't at all. Especially for huge albums, like any huge album. Yeah, exactly. see the artwork that runs through the middle. Yeah, exactly. Man. Because even, even think about... Um, Let's talk about the album we talk about every single week. About OK Computer. So a couple of years ago, they yeah. bring out OK, not OK, which is like a kind of re-digitized, remastered version of it with extra songs. Uh, I think it finally has lift on there that everybody wanted. And uh, oh. if you buy that, there's like a little booklet that slides out of it that's got loads of bits of artwork and notes and lyrics, and there's loads of stuff in there that you'll actually learn yeah. about the, the the record itself. In like that, that absolutely should be an option in Spotify, or at the very least have a digitized and text form. So you can read like who made it. Like it's because it's, it's difficult to find even production notes on Spotify. I think they're in there somewhere, yeah. but it's you know hard what? to find the, them
0: with the with the rise of physical media again and people wanting to like
1: see more than just a little square on oh, yeah. the screen. Yeah, I they, think they should be in there. Try best and keep interest, up with it. it?
0: Yeah. Anyway, Definitely. look. Uh, who's your next
1: one? Uh, next one, I think, is probably one of the most famous, uh, great song B sides of all time, and it's it's uh, Oasis with the Master Plan.
2: Mm, it's great
1: this song. is this, this is one of my favourite ways of songs uh, I was never after Master Plan came out Noel started singing every fucking third song because yeah. people start going mad for Master Plan now Master Plan was the B-side to Wonderwall originally I didn't know that either. I didn't know that was the B-side Oh, I didn't know I thought it was a later yeah. single So I thought it was way later I think the reason I thought that was because it came out it was put in a compilation called The Master Plan like they that's really pushed their, it yeah, that that's was, I think, late. And that's, a, that's probably one of the best B-sides albums you've yeah, ever heard. Exactly. I think it's that was around like, 90, that was late 98 that Master Plan compilation came out, which is B-sides and not so much remixes. There's a couple, there's a couple of live versions on there, but it's mostly B-sides. Now, yeah. this and is one made of up things, for B Here Now as well. Exactly, yeah. albums, it's now, months. apparently, Noel Gallagher wrote and recorded this in two days. Like, he wrote it on a Friday, recorded it on a Saturday. And because it was just him, he played everything on it, apparently. And, um, yeah. He played all the instruments, the whole shebang, sang, blah, 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 because there was no one else in the studio that day, just whatever, some assistant engineer or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. And so the, the lads came in on Monday and they were like, you know, what you do the weekend? Because I wrote a few songs and Alan McGee, who was running Creation Records, was like, "Like, listen, you do understand that Like, for every, as I said earlier, every single you put out, because we're putting CDs out, you're going to have to have three B-sides. Like um, we, they can't all be live recordings or remixes. We have to have original material on every single single that's Jesus. coming out off these albums. So Noel was like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, so he was just pumping out songs every night. He'd go home and grab a guitar and just start banging out tracks, just in, in like the hopes he'd stumble upon something that was going to be uh, an album track or something that was going to be a B side. But he said yeah. like, I, I, "I never," one of the things he said and he was wrong, is that he said like, "I never wrote a shite song." I was like, "You definitely did me." 100%. When did he say that though? Because at the he, time he had kind of exactly, yeah. I think this is around '98, so he probably, he probably had a yeah, solid he... track track, well, he, he had a solid track record. And...
0: Well, he there's a few fucking stinkers on be here now. So, The yes, girl yes. in the dirty shirt, shite, oh, yeah, yeah uh, song. Uh, we brought that up in we brought that up before. Talk I
1: talked that before. Yeah, this song was also included on uh, "Stop the Clocks," which is an EP they put out in 2006. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, after Alan McGee told them they had to have three three songs for every single on top of the A side it was fucking panic, panic stations. Like they just had to fucking, they had to, apparently they were pumping out songs that just didn't get the attention that they deserved. And Masterplan, he came back and said like, that's probably the best song I ever wrote. And I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that's the best song I ever wrote. That's why it's, it's, it's on a bunch of different recordings and loads of different versions of it because they didn't have, because they had to pump out so many B-sides, the songs they knew were going to be B-sides or the songs that they'd done on their own never got the production credit that they deserved. They never got the toy input into them. You know, yeah. it was like some assistant engineer or fucking, they only had two hours to bang a roof recording together, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of master plan here. Just like I said, I think this is probably my favorite uh, Oasis song. It's just cause it's, it's not very Oasis-y and that's... It's very you know, Beatlesy. Yeah, it's very Beatlesy, but it's it's got that kind of tree card trick kind of shithead thing that Oasis always had that is, was appealing at the time. It's not appealing anymore. And um, right here we go
2: And as they land upon the shore Tell them not to fear no more Say loud and sing it proud today And then
1: The plan by Oasis pretty much. Let's be honest, Noel Gallagher's fucking song. It's not really Oasis. Yeah, it might as well fantastic. be high board. Doesn't it, it's really, really good. But it's interesting when you listen to it because I uh, I probably paid more attention listening to this song on this playlist than any of them because this one this one interests me because he wrote and recorded it in one day and you can kind of hear it even though it sounds good. Like and I his it his orchestral stuff. I obviously obviously added afterwards. Like. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, but even the orchestral stuff when you listen to it, it's kind of uninspired. It's it's just. It's in, very Beatles-esque, in, and it's very yeah. Beatles boy numbers. So Big you, you to you do the stabs got, and then the you do the, French descending notes, exactly. yeah, yeah. and they do the, the quick swell to get up, you know, from the fucking the D to the A or whatever. No, 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 It's like I said, very Beatles-y. But even when you listen to like the electric guitar that's in the Roy right channel, like it's just the 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 the, the basic fucking song chords mm. being picked with a bit of delay and reverb on them. Like it's just, it's real. There's nothing mad to it. It's just a simple bog-standard song that would work acoustically all with all the big hullabaloo. There's even a bit where he, they do a bit of double-tracking where he sings on top of himself the second half of the chorus. And it's not, it's not done very subtly either. I kind of, oh, It kind of jumps in. It's real yeah. weird. But again, that kind of adds to the fact that, it's, for me, this is one of the kings of the B-sides. And this song became incredibly popular. Like, yeah, it's incredibly huge. popular. And like, their Oasis <laughs> B-side game around that era is monstrous.
0: Yeah, they have what's the like song they,
1: they use for the fucking royal family and all? Like, that was a B-side as well, I think. Um, I don't know, I know. Oh, yeah, that's don't remember what the fuck that's called. The, the, there was a load of their B-sides that done really well because I think like they were th-
0: this like Master Plan is brilliant. It's not even in my top four B-sides by Oasis.
1: Yeah, two of, the, <laughs> two, two of
0: my favorite ones were on the same B-side. Like,
1: there you go. Talk, talk Tonight and acquiesce are my two favourites. Acquiesce are amazing. I, I, don't yeah. see, I, I don't see a mad difference. Acquiesce is the one that was the royal family. Uh, no, in, I don't think so. I think it, I think it was. It? Yeah, I think it's acquiesce. But acquiesce and Masterplan aren't a million miles away from each other um, it, that, For me, it's a toss-up between those two. Um, for, no, for,
0: Acquies is the one that... Um, it's like the kind of more sped-up rock song that the two of them sing. It's one of the only ones they both sing, like, call and response kind of bits. Liam sings the choruses and i know the song you're talking about a That's talk like, tonight it's not that one it's like what's I'm gonna, I'm gonna look
1: one. it up now royal family do it now live on the uh on the podcast royal talk, to,
0: talk, talk tonight is such an incredible song that, uh, I was trying to fill in the space while you were doing that. Half the
1: world away, half the world of. away. Yeah, world, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fucking.
0: Um, yeah. I couldn't remember it. That's fine. I'm not mad about that song. I like and chair as well. I'm gonna be so. Geez, yeah. they've got they've got really really strong beast.
1: Like I said, if they were made, if they were made, pump out three for every single. Then yeah, you're, you're dealing with a, like a filthy, yeah. a filthy amount of material there. Filthy amount of materials they have to mess and, with. So it's I gonna to be gold.
0: Is arguably their second best album. Mm. Yep. what's the story morning glory because it's yep. probably better than definitely maybe i don't know no it's with the top the top three anyway you just skip fucking be here now to be honest with you and go straight to Master yeah. there's, there's a couple of, some of bobs on be here yeah. there is there's some great stuff on it the single uh,
1: it's fucking in the bushes I mean. on that yeah no that's on uh, standing on the shoulders of giants that's right I was, like, like you, you said after you're, you're
0: that you're getting two good away songs per album after that that mm. uh, were probably
1: leftovers they were
0: probably leftovers. Yeah, well. You know what I mean? I'd say, wish you could scrape some of that. Should I hit Master Plan MacBeast like, yes, till
1: now? Imagine. Imagine that, that, that. Those are our comeback songs. Jesus, hate Imagine if Like
0: remember. There's, there's some songs like. Some bands remember a fucking song they
1: used to play around with and go, Oh, yeah, she's always play around that and stick it out. And yeah.
0: people are like, God, it's like early. Like, yeah, <laughs> it it is, is, yeah. And
1: then they can't follow it up again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah so that, like I said, Master Plan came, it was the B side, The Wonder Wall. It came out on the Master Plan compilation. It was on Stop the Clocks. And when Master Plan compilation came out, apparently in Germany, they released, um the uh, in Germany, some record shops got like a, a bonus CD, which is like kind of a put together uh, like a fake single from master plan that had an a side and a b side it had an album cut and a radio cut on it and mm. it was just like a bonus cd for buying the master plan compilation album uh so it came out literally i only had two songs and i believe like one album cut was side a and side b was meant to be this radio cut version of it so that's the closest thing it ever yeah. got to being an, an actual single release because i know that noah was kind of pissed off that it never got its own single release because it got mixed up in that whirlwind of B-side creation. Yeah, like he kind of he's got on record saying like that's one of the like if not their best song one of the best songs I've ever written ever, and it didn't even get its own release. Now it's popular, but it should have got a lot more attention. It should have been selling millions for himself then. It's his own fault I, for giving it to Alan Go oh, there. Look. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think he was just under pressure that uh, the record label are shouting at them, like we need. Because how uh, many yeah. singles did they put out that first album? Four, or five. Per, track. You know I mean, or singles? Oh yeah, yeah singles. Off the album. Was, I think so. I'm pretty sure, definitely, maybe had like seven. Exactly. So like imagine long. you've got the yeah. A sides and like at least three B sides C's, for yeah. each single. Like that's that's a whole other album. Like. Well, it made for
0: yeah, it did make for a great, a really like, one of the strongest B sides albums. Going
1: definitely. Anyway, that was a, a waste of a master plan. Uh, who was your next one?
0: My next one was a hard. It was hard to pick hmm. because it was between two bands. I knew that I had the rest of them already picked. I want to talk to so talk about. So I had these two bands, and I said to myself, right, which is the easier one to do? And I was like, both of these bands have two unreal B-sides. Like they've all got great... The two bands I'm talking about have great B-sides, mm. but they both have two. And, so that doesn't help me at all. I was like thinking, well, what's the easiest one to do? And it was between the Smiths and Radiohead. Mm. The Smiths have Rubber Ring and Oscillate Worldy, And I was like, fuck, i to have to pick between the two of them. Yeah. Or I have to pick between Radiohead's Spectre and Talk Show Host. Yeah. So I went with Radiohead, even though we talk about Radiohead far too much. Um, I just wanted to, because... Uh,
1: because I fucking our podcast because it I wants to, because want <laughs> yeah. Why are you um, going to play that song so loud?
0: So it was hard to pick between. Then I had the, the dilemma of picking between Spectre and Talk Show Host, mm. which are my two top. Like they have a lot of great B, so it's right ahead. And yeah. um, this, these are the two for me. And I decided to not go with Spectre because it was it, it was written to be an A side. It was not even written to be an A side as such. It was written mm. to be. Uh, this the, the song from the movie, the James Bond movie Spectre, mm. which it uh, didn't win the which is mad. The rights to not the the rights it didn't win the the favor of the people picking the song. They went mm. with a rather unmemorable Sam Smith song. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, yeah, it's fine. It's not a bad song. I'm not going to shit on Sam Smith. He's very good at what he does. Yeah, uh, it's just it's
1: he's no grab. Adele.
0: He's no Adele. Yeah, Has Adele done a, a song? Surely she's not, isn't she? Think so. Band.
1: Think so. She's, Sounds
0: like, sounds like she has. She probably has, yeah. Um, I stopped caring about Bond songs after, sort of after this, because like this Spectre, not after this, after they did Spectre, mm. uh, it's one incredible song. But because of that, because it was it was only released as a single on the B-side of uh, Born the Witch, which is the first song of single yeah. off you the... Know, it also was given away as a digital single the year before that So I'm like... That sort of technically makes it an A side, anyway. So yeah. I went to talk show host because it's a straight up B side. It's classic Radiohead, and it is what most people would consider to be their best B side. Hmm. Um, it's one of the kind of weirder songs because the one, the version we all heard was m- more than likely if you didn't have street spirit single which is the, it's the b-side of yeah. if you didn't have the street spirit single from 96 then you've heard it on the romeo and juliet soundtrack which i think is a different version if i'm not hmm. mistaken that's more of a, a neely hooper remix yeah. so neely hooper made it more massive attacky and trip hop so this version sorry no i put the i put the original version on but the, yeah. the version that most people would have heard is that one that was on romeo and juliet and it has that Nealie Hooper stuff. There was also another remix to called Black Dog Remix with different tempos and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh stick it on anyway, for this is the original, original one without sort of a lot of the kind of cool electronic stuff, but it's still it's still great.
1: All right. For the trip hop remix, already isn't it? It is, yeah. It's yeah. already like
0: <laughs> on the way to that. They were, I think, they were going in that direction, like, yeah, just for that single. But then when Neil Hooper, obviously, who did a lot of stuff with Bjork and and Massive Attack and stuff like that, got yeah. on it and uh, yeah, it really did uh, take on it. it it's slightly like, not completely different. It's just more. It sounds better. But I did want to go because this is the actual B side that people heard. Yeah. So if we're being purist about it, this is the one that I'm picking. So that's um, the one. They started to play an extended version that people went mad for in 2016 onwards with the live touring for Moonshade Pill stuff, mm. and um, it also appeared on one of the CDs on the 2008 compilation, The Best of Radiohead, which Radiohead absolutely hate mm. these boys and had absolutely nothing to do with because uh, they, I don't think they're they're not a great the, the, the way they look at it. Us that made them look awful. Yeah, because they think that when you have a best of, it's the beginning of your decline yes. as a creative, as a creative yeah. force. But they also said that if we had have even been brought in on it. We would have done it totally different. The, the fans might have actually liked it a lot more. Yeah. That's yeah. not for Radiohead fans, really. I mean, Radiohead are a album's band best yes. of, and it's
2: called the best of. Yeah. Don't
0: call it that. Call it something cool like they would. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. So that's talk show host. It's one of the best Radiohead songs, and it's B side. So
1: Savage. who do you, who have you got next? My next one is Susie and the Banshees with Voices. All right. Cool. And this was the B side, the Hong Kong Garden in 1978, uh, which is just a single now album malarkey it's just one of these kind of first release type of things just to test the water as as what happened with a lot of bands back in the late 70s and early 80s where they, they didn't launch with an album they launched with two or three singles just to see that the record oh, yeah, label. exactly so the record label said like we're gonna give you a grant to record a, a single and we'll see how it sells or whatever so this is the b-side um yeah, you won't find, you won't find the the Hong Kong Garden. You'll find on compilations and stuff like that. And uh, this mm-hmm. song, Voice, is is, is fucking insane. I, 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 before we even talk any more about it, I want to play it just so people hear sure. it because it's it's batshit mad. It's re it's I really think, I really. I know right cool. the song. I think I know. I probably I probably don't actually. It it's really me. kills five and a half minutes long. It doesn't really go anywhere, but it's got loads of killer shit in it. Right here we go. That's why it's B side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. Voices by Susie and the Banshees. It's really weird and really dissonant. It's like, it's this is mm. like pre kind of poppy gut pre fucking post punk. I don't know what this. It's is almost art rock to me. Like it's yeah, mm. you definitely have to listen to the whole thing as a whole. I can't I can't um impress upon you how interesting that song is in in, in a minute of playing. It. It's five and a half minutes long. <laughs> it right. takes like it takes a minute or so to even. Get anywhere, you know what I mean. I think like uh, you're saying this is what the artistic freedom would be well, yeah, 100% was, was exactly what they're trying to do all the time, like, um, yeah, especially someone like Susie, Susie and the Bad would have been. I don't know whether they would have even had their feet underneath them in, in 1978, you know what I mean. Like, Hong Kong Garden sounds like uh, they're getting there, you know what I mean. But like, talking about a band that not necessarily changed styles but I always kept adding stuff on all the time, and then to hear. Something like that song Voices, where there's just an electric guitar. That, that that's weird, like that, that, that. it sounds like it's almost out of tune and it's recorded in the next room, just very, mm. very loud. And then they've got this lovely kind of uh pre verb, like this pre-reverb on her voice at the chorus that adds to this real kind of fucking ghostly chant that runs through it. Like it's so simple, there's nothing to it, but I'd say seeing something like that live. Would be uh would be monumental to be honest with you. Because it's so simple, so stripped down yeah. off, that there's nothing to it. And I think if they were to start adding in like basses and drums and fucking keyboards, it just wouldn't work. There's something about that that, that off-time of that weird little guitar riff, um, where he's like only playing like 10% of the notes that there should be in that riff. And then horror just drowning along. I don't know. I'm not a big noise guy or kind of art rock guy, but there's something about that song I really, really like. Um, but like I said, that was 1978. It was the B side, The Hong Kong Garden. Uh, eventually, they put it on a compilation called Downside Up, which is a four disc set that collected all their B sides and bonus materials and remixes and all that kind of malarkey. That came out in geez, 2004, I think that came out. Yeah. I think that's kind I of hard I to get I now. I love well.
0: the early stuff or the early guitar work on Susie and the Banshees. Yeah,
1: that's very that strange. That.
0: Might be John McKay. I don't know. But yeah, it's just
1: they've they've
0: always had great guitarists. Yeah, it's fucking, just so it's uh, so
1: fucking weird. Like the guy from the next
0: band is is one of their guitarists.
1: Oh, there you go. Uh let's move on to that then. <laughs> so yeah, Su- Susie Sue, uh uh Susie and the voices. Um you'll find that that compilation downside up is hard to find, I think, in the physical world, but of course, yeah. there it is looking at you on Spotify. So you get to listen to the whole thing for whatever the fuck they It Was eleven ninety nine a month now or something? It wasn't nine 99 I think it's gone up. Spotify's gone up is it I think it's gone up Yeah Then Netflix's gone up As well oh. Yeah They're all going up Of course yeah, they, Now nobody has any money But they need entertainment So throw a euro on it Bastards But the, Spotify bastards. Surely haven't lost any money Well it doesn't cost them anything it Does it cunts That's, I think there's only about 20 no, people Working for Spotify anyway He's scum just... I'm telling you I'm not even lying uh, give, give, like, the next song,
0: give the next song a, Give the next song A lash before I go into it Actually right, Here Let we go, go. Uh, Lament, yeah, that was Lament by the Cure, another band with an incredibly strong B side game. Mm. Um, this isn't my favorite B side by the Cure, but the one I wanted wasn't on Spotify, mm. even though the album is the, the B sides and rarities collection, the four disc job, yeah, uh, it is on it, but it's missing some tracks because presumably some sort of licensing a, or something. Licensing, yeah, Bastards. so a good few of the, the B sides are missing. This Twilight Garden, the B side from High is as good as any cure song i know but i have to say lament isn't probably my second favorite it's up there this isn't um the first ever version of it though the first ever version of it was released with um as a flexi disc with from on the cover of that um magazine flexi pop oh yeah you probably you probably know a lot more about that than me Mm. it's
1: really thin as a result it sounded like absolute garbage Wait. to be honest with you if you if air you're age you probably probably remember them um yeah. you probably remember them being attached to the pa- uh, boxes of frosty cereal um they don't like survivor or the tiger and that type of shit and you cut yeah. them out of the, think I had out the that. cereal yeah. yeah and you cut them off the back of uh, the cereal packet and you could play them on your Manda stereo or whatever. And um, they, uh, they were attached to cardboard. So they were like 10 times more sturdy than the actual like uh, Flexi discs themselves. Yeah. So uh, as far as the history of Flexi discs is really interesting. It comes from uh, Soviet Russia, I believe, um, or at least Eastern Bloc countries where they were still mad for music, but they had... Uh, they couldn't get hold of the the vinyl plastic for actual pressing records so they ended up hmm. using x-rays they would get old x-rays out of hospitals and they put those into the machines and stamp them instead of t- stamping what they'd call like a puck so if, you, if you've ever seen uh, any documentaries or even like little gifs of, of records being made it goes in this is hockey puck so it's kind of black yeah. thing, and they squish it down and what, what above that is like a, a negative image of the record usually made out of metal and that stamps the, the the music into the plastic and that's where your music comes from so what they would do is they couldn't afford these pucks of plastic so they'd literally just get sheets of um kind of acetate that you get x-rays and stuff like that on and they put them into the machine stamp them down and they'd cut that kind of cut enough to be able to hear the music but obviously had no real depth to it so you were only getting like the skin of the music it sounded like fucking garbage but they were a gimmick and they're highly collectible like i have a couple of beatles ones and stuff like that uh loads of record labels kind of copped onto it in the early days so a lot of bands in from kind of from the 60s up would have been mad for pu- pumping out flexi discs because I kinda it was like this almost act of rebellion by bands The yeah. put like a song they put a lot of work into but knew it was gonna sound like shy, but it was gonna yeah. look cool as fuck. Well, know? just
0: as an example, actually, do you know what? If you click into the album there itself to yeah. join the dots, the Lament Flexi Disc is one of the top first forced ones number oh, nine it there. there so yeah, let people Lament have a listening yeah, yes, the reason magazine didn't... Yeah. The reason, for first of all, the one I chose was the actual B side. This was be a few months before, as things. So give it a bash there so people yeah. can hear how, how and this is after being mastered. So yeah, that's
1: where we went from the start there, didn't we? Yeah. So let's yeah, try yeah, this up and have a listen. It's, it's
0: harsh on the ears, to be fair. Yeah,
1: there'll be no bot Batman in it whatsoever.
0: There you go. Well. And there's a drum machine in yeah. the difference, I suppose, as well.
1: <laughs> when the guitars come in, it does sound bad, like... Pin Missile, I think. Or a recorder. That's a recorder, I'd yeah. say, yeah. Now, it's not... It's, the one I, The one we played is a different recording of the song. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Interesting, though, because there's no bottom no. in it at all. No. Or, or mids. That's the it's too harsh.
0: Yeah, it's very well. <laughs> no, I can knock that off now. Just yeah, example of like that's that's the it's very cool that's though. the that's the flexi disc version. and um, the one we played was a re-recorded one and yeah. it appeared as uh, the B Side Two Fuck me. Walk. Yeah Walk. The standalone this is so Walk is a standalone single that appeared on other compilations and stuff like that in nineteen eighty three, yeah. which leads me to believe that Lament is a possible trimming from the pornography album from 1982. Maybe, it sounds yeah. like that. Like, the first time I heard Lamenta, well, I wasn't mad about knowing which Cure album was which when I was listening to Join the Dots for the first time. Yeah. But when I heard this again recently, I was like, jeez, I wonder if I could put my finger on exactly when that was out. I think, to be fair, it's almost chronological Join the Dots is, so yeah. you can almost guess it from where it is on the album. <coughs> that's but really cool had- that they
1: included that. That's real cool. I don't know that- of anyone else that's included any of their flexies in comps.
0: Oh yeah, we well, see the problem is like a lot of people though 50 50 prefer that version. Oh, yeah. so interesting. Yeah, a lot of people like when you look at people talking about this, you'll see people going oh, I much prefer the flex. But maybe that OG oh, cure heads
1: that's what they heard yeah, for. Exactly, the, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting.
0: So it it does have that if you're a big fan of the pornography era uh cure this song yeah. is
1: for you cuz it's it's
0: it's definitely written around that. It was released a year after so I presume it was <laughs> From that period where it was nice and bleak and yeah, yeah. <laughs> full of reverb. Yeah. That was joined the dots. I've joined,
1: joined the dots. That was lament anyway. Um, Savage. Your next next one is, of- uh, I think, the only hip hop on the on the playlist, which is yeah. weird because hip hop kind of has a history of B sides, but it has a history of remix B sides, which I yeah. didn't want to get into, to be honest. Yeah. Because okay. um, I'm not going to lie to you, there's a bunch of remixes. That I prefer more than the originals. Like, yeah, uh, you go back to someone we were talking about a while ago, actually last Saturday on the, on the live show, we were talking about Ice T, I think. um, we, um, mm. that was a great song you played with. Great you? song, yeah. Um, that was off the third body count album, Violent to which is sorely unappreciated. Like, it's the last great classic lineup, um, mm-hmm. body count song. But, uh, Ice T put out one of his singles, uh, called That's How I'm Living, and the original is okay. It's fine, but there's a yeah. fucking savage remix of that "How I'm Living" on the on the 12 inch single. Also, like uh, hip hop, seven inches are pff, hens teeth. Very rare. They're just not a thing. Uh, you got an awful lot. You probably got more hip hop singles than any other genre of music put out, but they're all on 12 inch. Uh, that was for DJs to scratch with oh, and do yeah, remixes and stuff like that. So when you do find seven inches, it's weird. Yeah, really, only find seven inches off kind of pop hip hop artists Um, you know that kids had you know a pound spare so they'd buy a 7 inch Well, a 12 inch was probably 3 pounds and they weren't going to buy that so the record label were being smart trying to appeal yeah. to kids so you would have got like MC Hammer 7 inches and Vanilla Ice 7 inches but like real hip hop very difficult I only know of a couple of uh, hip hop artists that put out 7 inches actually Ice-T is one of them I think he's done it for the crack on the second album but this, uh, this song Robin Hood by Ice Cube okay I, I I need, to, I need help here off the people listening because <laughs> I cannot find what the A-side to this was, right? Now, this is off uh, a record called Bootlegs and B-Sides. And Bootlegs and B-Sides is a collection of remixes and B-Sides. And this is not a remix. So it has to be a B-side. Now, I went rooting like a bastard, yeah. this week I was on Discogs I went through every single release I could find by Ice Cube Uh I went on to Discogs to see like if there was different was there like German presses was there fucking I had to do that with my yeah. next song as well yeah. I was like I just could it. yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy and I could not find at all what the A side was for this now what I do know is that everything from this album, this collection, Built Legs like of B-Sides, this album was released in 1994. Everything was recorded between 1992 and, 19, 1992 and 1994. So everything's done in a two-year period. And it sounds an awful lot like the stuff on Lethal Injection. It sounds like that to me. Mm. So I, I, I have a feeling that it has to have been on a release off lethal injection. I'm gonna play it just for anybody who's like a kind of a hip hop head, you'll you'll know this this era of ice cube. This is angry ice cube. Um this is before <laughs> fucking whatever the one where he has a lot of kids in a car and he's pretending to be Santi and before triple X2 and whatever the fuck before he was an actor um would have been just before like Friday. But I I can almost forgive him Friday because he wrote it himself and all that kind of shit. It's his, it was his project. I like project. Oh, he liked Friday a lot. I like the first two a lot. Uh they're fun. Because they're stupid The 4th one in particular is very very funny Right I'm going to play a bit of this Because I, pe- I want people to hear What old Ice Cube sound
2: like At a stop sign I take a hit and hold it in I caught Now I'm off Driving down the two lane highway It's all bad Thinking about shit I never had pass through the WS Neighbors Knowing I could do my best in Westwood Cut off by a white BM, driven by a yuppie He sticks up his finger like, fuck me Now I got to follow him home with my chrome Send him to the Twilight Zone, it's home Niggas say I'm gone cause I'm fucking with the rich But they all full of bitch, don't need a snitch So I'm rolling solo, in a straight bucket No it ain't a low low. he pulls up to a seven bedroom, eight bath. Oh yeah, he's got the feel the rap Pistol up to the neck Devil turn off the West Tech And when you're rolling, have more respect Tied his ass up and took everything I could A nigga straight robbing, mobbing Back to the All my hood. niggas love, adventures up All my niggas love, be adventures up
0: That's Robin. that That sounds like one of his classic songs with the music inverted.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, someone just
0: took, <laughs> someone just took like one of his classics. It has all the feel of it, but yeah. the notes are like going
1: the opposite directions. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Instead of going down, Instead they're going, going up. Do, do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that was produced by uh, a production group called a d a x e Unit, and they've done a lot of stuff for lethal injection. They've done a lot of stuff in general, but they've done a lot of stuff on lethal injection as well. So uh, that adds another, it's another tick in the box of this is, not necessarily left over um, from Lethal Injection but it could have been maybe the B side to a promo that there was only a couple of them yeah. gone out. I'd love to know if somebody knows, if there's some sort of uh, kind of 90s hip-hop aficionado out there or, or, or Ice Cube aficionado. And I know there's plenty of them, that they follow them. Win, lose, I draw. They love Ice Cube. And I want to know if somebody can figure out what, what this was off as well, because I think it's fucking great. And there's loads of great stuff on bootlegs Legs and B-Sides. There's a lot of great remixes. Like I said, the hip-hop, hip-hop tribes in the and is born in the idea of hip-hop uh, remixes so it's yeah it's there's definitely it's, some
0: hip-hop has all different rules yes the whole it, different set yes yeah. tapes b-sides yeah uh samples it just has its own set of rules yeah, it's its, its own world and it, it doesn't really
1: it's not applicable to any other genre that's and the
0: reason that, the reason that i think it's like that is because it was always dictated by the market completely rather than having yes. record labels telling people what it should be and how yeah and the record labels came those. second they came They came yes. after the fact which is yeah. very
1: strange like it's one of the most which is one of the most recent like, genres when you think about it Like,
0: which is why mixed types are actually a thing in hip hop yeah like the label we think of, oh god no it sounds bad it doesn't sound great we can't get the licensing for all these samples either they're just like yeah but like people hold if you ever look at people talking about artists they go when you're, you're talking, you look at the list of their favorite albums, there's mixtapes in there and you can't get, you can't buy them. Like, no, you can't get
1: them So You can only buy, buy official mixtapes, which are, yeah. I mean, like there's an ODB official mixtape called Osiris and where they got but the I mean? for all yeah, the samples, but it's very rare.
0: They're very much for the
1: people I and mean, they can do oh, what they want on them. Yeah. yeah, banged out for free or sold out the back of vans. You know what I mean? Like that's what so like, like you're saying, remixes are the same <laughs> thing. The, the remix is a much different thing in hip yeah. It usually be the, the version you know. Exactly. Because like when you think, whenever, when we were first talking about you know, the B-Sides, the first thing I thought about was uh, like as you said, kind of we're kind of alt rock fucking kids. We grew up listening to mostly, you know, um, or that, that would have yeah. been the, the lion's share share what we listened to. I B-side always, like, I don't know any hip hop B it I'm being perfectly. Uh, I I know a few because I yeah. that was alongside kind of rock and metal. Hip hop was always there for me. It was like my dirty secret. My mates weren't into it, yeah. but I always loved it. So I never really had anybody to talk to about it. So um, a yeah. lot of the information kind of went in one ear and out the other. But I always remember uh, Pitch Shifter. The, the group Pitch Shifter were just doing yeah. remixes for fucking everyone. Every second kind That's of metal right. or alt-rock or hard-rock band that released a the single, there was a motherfucking Pitch Shifter remix on it that to the point mad. where even they done uh, every single single, I think, of uh, Therapy Trouble Gum had a Pitch Shifter remix on it. And I got to the point where they released Therapy versus Pitch Shifter, like the EP <laughs> or something. Like I have it downstairs on vinyl. And it's a... Uh, I think that's them messing with each other's songs or something. I
0: think I remember, like, at the time, mate and the other, man am the pitch shifter, going, I wish they'd hurry to fuck up and release some pitch shifter.
1: Yeah, they were, all they were <laughs> doing, they were doing the Too Many DJs thing, where it's just, no, all these labels love it, and they're just <laughs> f- fucking bombarding us with shit here to mess mad, with Mad it.
0: money, though, to be fair.
1: Probably. Of course, I mean, especially, you're like an electronic group that can work out of a fucking bedroom or whatever. You know, with yeah. a converted shed, stuff made in a shed it sounds the same as stuff made in a big fucking studio. Um, when You're right, though. There is, is a mental amount of remixes by Pitch Shifter. Yeah. yeah, they were insane for it. That's when we first had talking about this. I was like, "How am I going to walk in Pitch Shifter?" And I thought, "I'm not going to pick a song. I'm just going to talk about it and hope that people that were listening yeah. to music in the early mid '90s, hopefully, they remember that as well. I'm not alone. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. was Robin Hood. And like I said, I need people people's help to find out what that. Uh, what that uh, a side was for me uh who's your next one
0: yeah if uh my next one is um if the b stood for anything it would be bridesmaid with this song because it is aneurysm by nirvana and the (laughs) b-side the smells like teen spirit was either going to be completely overshadowed or dragged into the light and i think it sort of did both it got dragged into the light but overshadowed at the same time because if you're the B-side to Smells Like Teen Spirit you don't even have to be that good but when you yeah. are it still doesn't really matter and Aneurysm <laughs> is one of Nirvana's best songs yeah, I think super. it's just absolutely incredible and it um like I've already mentioned it is the B-side It Smells Like Teen Spirit it made itself known on an album more so on the incesticide compilation yeah. from 93 which is probably the first time I heard it I don't know if I ever had the Smells Like Teen Spirit oh, I didn't. Uh, it was nice
1: about two, was it one, not yet. There's no fucking way, no yeah. Fucking no, way. it's
0: um, it's it was though, <laughs> Aneurysm was a part, a regular part of their set, so it's just might as well have been a... Do you know what? Actually, I don't think it really would have suited, it wouldn't have suited them, um, never mind at all. Mm. So it would have came out obviously. It was written between Nevermind and Bleach. I think it fits on Bleach way more. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a bang of Bleach off this. I song. love Bleach, the Bleach, really yeah. So you could really tack a lot of songs off. Incesticide onto mm. bleach, but ne- never mind, is its own beast. Altogether. Yeah, yeah. The fact he could probably sooner stick aneurysm on in utero than he could. Yeah, that's kind uh, of, yeah, that's
1: what I, what I back, might think of as
0: back to that feel. Yeah, right. so um, this was, um, according to the the Cobain biography, uh, Heavier Than Heaven by uh, Charles Cross, aneurysm was the first of six songs written by Core Cobain following his breakup with um, Toby Vile oh, yeah. from uh, Bikini Kill. Bikini mm. Kill? Is the uh, the right girl band from Seattle. Um, and at the time he was trying to write songs to get her attention to win her back. <clears throat> Whereas later, after he knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, he started writing songs like Drain You mm. that were really like, oh, fuck this, you know I mean? <laughs> like it's over. So he like he was completely fucked up at the time when he wrote this. And um actually an interesting thing about the 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 other um riot girl, Toby Vile's mate, Kathleen Hannah, mm. wrote spray painted Court Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's the famous line. She wrote yeah. on his bedroom wall in spray paints. Because wasn't, that, spirit,
1: wasn't that uh was deodorant or something?
0: It was her, it was Toby Vile's deodorant. Mm. So so whatever where it maybe Court had some on or just through the mm. process of being beside her smelt like that, and so smells like the spirit That's where that came from, mm. and that's where this, yeah, that's where that song title comes from. And obviously, the aneurysm song had all the anger of sort of a breakup. Yeah, beat beat me out of me. Lash it on there anyway for the, for yeah. the four, four people that maybe not know. The, the yeah, hit hair now. This, sorry, this is just so you know. This is the uh, actual b-side version, not the one you hear on Incesticide. yeah so that's re-recorded on Incesticide.
1: singing along with that there yeah it's great so
0: just a more let's more rougher version the one yeah. that was actually on, on Team Spirit, i still do because i love i just love go production i still do prefer to, to it the one opposite so just slightly yeah still, me still too. All the it... same anger but yeah, yeah it's good it's good to play the actual like the same way talk show host i'm not playing the the remix that i re-recorded yeah playing, I, I, um even though i did do that with the cure no actually i played the actual b-side version so there yep, we go yeah
1: yeah uh yeah so look Aneurysm, it's it's up there yeah, again. Super. I was only thinking about this maybe a week or two ago. Are there any bad Nirvana songs? I don't think so. I don't really think so either.
0: I've never heard. Of, I've heard of
1: songs that I'm not hugely mad about, but they're not bad. No. Like there's, there's songs on some albums, I go, "Oh, the songs that I can't listen to anymore." you know what I mean yes. I, can't, I can't listen to Come As You Are anymore that would be sure I'm like no yeah. I, if you heard uh, it for the first time now you'd be like holy shit holy shit yeah, killing exactly. Joke. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly
0: um, and they've three of the best albums of all time yes uh, their B-sides like the Incessant Side is a great album and their live album from the Muddy Waters oh, Yeah, like well.
1: yeah I don't think so. there's a bad there's a bad release no. I don't think there's a bad song
0: and like, even there you know what now I haven't really delved into the kind of last songs that were released around the same time as uh you know you're right, but remember the first time hearing you know you're right, and going
1: fucking another
0: yeah, banger. Yeah, and yeah. And like I heard that after. From the uh, grave, another banger, like yeah. And um it's amazing when I have So happens. I haven't I haven't really broken in too much. <clears throat> no, they were all
1: great. Like, I found a big giant Kirk of Ann book the other day. Um I was getting up I, I got up into my parents' attic, I was pulling out uh toys and comics for this YouTube project thing I'm doing, and I found this big like tub Full of books, and I've got all these bleeding, like big coffee table books about Kurt Cobain and John Lennon and all that I don't remember buying. I was like, Where the yeah. fuck did they come from? Because I'm a prick for buying them. I have, I have tons of those uh, coffee table books about bands. I'm forever buying them if I see them at a good price. Like I've got Queen ones and ones about the Who and you know all punk rock ones. I've I've tons of them, but I didn't know I had the, these uh these kind of Nirvana ones and Kurt Cobain ones and John Lennon ones and shit. I must have read them. I must have. Because they look like they're I, in bits.
0: I didn't. I don't read books. I, I like, honestly wish I could. Every day. Wish I yeah, can't tell. Like, you, know you know those memes of like you've read the last 15 sentences? Or the last sentence 15, 16 times? Yeah. That's me. My brain is constantly screaming <laughs> and going off in directions. Or I, 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 I find was, it hard to think nights, about what yeah. they wear too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was wearing... uh a velvet purple. I'm like, oh, that's madness. I wonder what things.
1: Are. <laughs> yeah, I get like that sometimes when my brain wanders out the shit that like I'm supposed to do tomorrow. I mostly read at night, and uh, so I'll be, I'll be in bed and like I'm gonna read for an hour now before I got to bed, before I fall asleep or whatever. And some nights I just lock into it, and I might as well be living in that book. And like the great, I wish the, I could do that. The house could burn down around me and I wouldn't hear or feel anything. <laughs> but some nights I'm like, fucking, like, what's that noise outside? Or like, oh man, you were a sap today when you fell in Tesco, weren't you? Like that type of shit, you <laughs> know what I mean? No, that's me, that's my brain constantly. It's yeah. like a big carnival uh, made of polystyrene
2: on <laughs> 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 That's
0: my brain. So yeah. that's, um, look, that's one of the biggest uh, B-sides of all time. Yeah, um, it's a big it's one. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's also one of the only, if not the only Nirvana song where all three members had a hand in writing it. It's oh, normally cool. just Court or Dave, Growler, yeah. couple.
1: But look, that's that anyway. Um, what is
0: your last, who's your last
1: one? My last one is one that you're going to fucking love. It's a band you love. You fucking love them. So you do. do no. Uh, it's no effects. I actually
0: called. like Nof- no,
1: no, no effects are one of the bands I do. All right, good, good, good. Weirdly, so th- like this- no, they them and the Descendants. I like, yeah, yeah. like only exceptions. Really. I can't really do, I can't do like super early no effects because it's too garbagey, it's too smoke beer, you know what oh, I mean? That's right. They, they got better when they
0: started talking yeah. about their politics. Yeah,
1: they, they? got yeah. a bit political, and a bit serious, and they uh, they start kind of they start writing songs about how depressed they were and how they were trying to kill themselves with drinking drugs. And I was like, now I'm into it. Now I can. This is real. <laughs> you know what I mean, because uh, early stuff, like I said, pure smoke beer shit, I can't do it, you know, uh, going to the rock show and let's drink a 40 in the car and the way there, and, you know, I can't do it, I just can't do it, you know, uh, it's torture. So um when NoFX kind of get a little bit serious, like, no, as far as I'm concerned, NoFX writes some of the greatest melodies in music, it's just yeah. overshadowed by the fact that, They look like saps and most of their fans are absolute gobshites. Like there's a hidden darkness in NoFX that uh, very rarely comes to the forefront. And most people who are NoFX fans that buy NoFX albums will skip the songs that are a little bit fucking more serious. Like now skip to the bit where you're talking about, you know, skateboarding over George Bush's Bush's face or whatever, that bullshit. You know what I mean? But what they don't seem to understand is that like NoFX have been a band since I think like the fucking mid 80s. Like these lads when they kind of got popular in the nineties were already old, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they yeah. they weren't kids. They were playing in the kids' sandcastles, like in in yeah, the you sand. To pit. Be careful
0: of those punk grown, grown up punks, man. Oh, they're still hanging were. around. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, like <laughs> uh, yeah. like these cunts, but the time kind of the nineties ran around. That they, they were doing their best to not be serious. But by the late 90s, they were like, fuck this, we can't be talking about smoking bongs with skateboarding anymore. Like, like They're giving interviews saying, i like, never even owned a skateboard, let's just lie for 20 years. You know what I mean? That type of shit. So they start getting kind of serious. Now this this song, Lower, is off a, a compilation. The compilation has a real long name and it's kind of funny in in a no effects way. Uh, it, 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 it's funny on the skin of it and stupid underneath it. And the, the album is called 45 or 46 songs that weren't good enough to, to go on our other albums is the name of the album 45 or 46 songs That's that good weren't name. good enough to go on other albums now where it's funny is that there's 47 songs on the album and uh, so it, straight away it's just stupid and also it's a double it was a double album right yeah. and uh, another stupid thing was that the 47 songs that were on this album called 45 or 46 songs uh, would have easily fit on a single cd like, they're just taking the piss. That's all it was. So, mm. there's a load of garbage on here that's like demos and, you know, stuff that sounds like it was recorded in a fucking swimming pool. You know, that type yeah, of shit. Yeah, I
0: always think they should stick that at the very start of the album. It like <laughs> way... yeah, chronologically. Yeah, like a lot of bands put their kind of, chronologically helps with the production aspect of it. Like, oh, definitely, you know, yeah. You go on a journey with them. Bands. Black Sabbath and uh, Stone Roses have done yeah. that before. Misfit's right? done it as That's, well. That box. stuff goes yeah. to the top. So you can kind of, if you really want to skip the harshly recorded stuff, yes. Gets progressively better,
1: yeah. I guess definitely. Like, Misfits done it. If you go, if you buy a Coffin Box, which is like a four CD or maybe six CD uh, box set of pretty much everything the Misfits ever released, including all like the doubles, because in some cases, like six versions of Horror Business or something, you know. But like, the very first song on Coffin Box is the first ever credited Misfits song, and it doesn't even have guitar in it. It's Glenn Danzig with a Hammond organ. Singing, <laughs> singing, she she came out <laughs> like it's just the drums and a Hammond organ. That was the Misfits, at the start. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this song, no, uh, uh, lower, it was recorded around the time of uh, the album Pump Up the Volume, which is would have been the year 2000. So this would have been when they were starting to get a little bit darker and a little bit more introspective about what was going on in their lives. For I'm gonna play of- huh?
0: Subversive as well Yeah
1: exactly um, So I'm going to play a bit of it here It's interesting I'm going to play it from the start I'm going to play like a minute and a half of it By no effects, it's a. It's, uh, I mean, like I said, when they were starting to experiment with the idea that like Fat Mike is a fucking drunken drug adult mess, he was fucking trying to kill himself all the time, um, as opposed to trying to be the happy-go-lucky skateboard punk fucking clown show gobshite. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, this, uh, like I said, this is originally recorded for their album Pump With the Volume, and what uh, no effects have this habit of they record a bunch of songs and then they'll announce the album and the track listing and then when the album comes out there's like six songs missing off what they announced they they're cunts for that and they do that they right. kind of, kind of try and annoy people a little bit i think um by announcing what the track listing is there's 17 songs in this album and you buy it and there's 12 so what they tend to do is they release like a uh, little singles on their uh, like via their website and their fan club and shit like that to try and keep that kind of thing alive because obviously NoFX, uh, yeah. NoFX own the record label Fat Records, which put out a bajillion fucking albums over the years. So they have their access to their own pressing plants and printers and so they can do whatever they want all the time. And uh, so you'll get, pre- I think they do maybe a new 7-inch every like two months or something like that, since right. like 1992, something insane. So you're looking at like thousands of singles and mini eps and shit like that so lower lower was on one of those it was a b-side there's some fucking fan club bleeding yoke but it, it was originally supposed to be on Pump of the volume they included it on an ep uh, i think it was 2006 or something like that came out called uh, bottles to the ground which is a four-track ep but it's That's not a great really, song actually yeah but like is a great song, song but <laughs> it's not that ep isn't really an ep it's it's like a it's, it's pretty much a single, like the, the, right. the main track is Bottles to the Ground, and then there's a of that yeah, really songs. For,
0: on it. That song is like two minutes long, so it's really Four no effects songs does not make an EP, that's exactly like up to, like
1: that. what in nine minutes max, exactly. Now, no effects, one of the we were talking earlier about those uh, flexi discs that the kind of floppy seven inches at your point. And there's another style of seven inch, there's a couple of styles of seven inches, most of them are forgotten by the bog standard seven inch. Now, um, you'll see. There's a thing called a Super 7. And a Super 7 is essentially, it's like a highly compacted 7-inch that runs at 33 RPM as opposed to 45. And it means you're able to get an extra uh, chunk of music on each side. So they're bastards for putting out little tiny EPs and singles that have like five, six songs on them because they can fit three per side using this Super 7 format you know it's very it's interesting yeah. you don't see them you don't see the super seven that often but they really like it and do it um, they do it an awful lot they'll put out like 10 inches that run a 33 as well which is unusual most of are 45 and they're always trying to kind of mess with the formats a little bit like they put out they put out a compilation about 10 years ago of it was a 10 inch i think it had 10 cover songs five per side but there was no track listing at all like it just said no so, effects on the front of it and that was it and so you just have to get, get you what just covers have it to, even, Yeah, You just, you just have to listen to it And hope you know enough about music That they fucking picked songs that you know and It's a
0: good thing yeah. It's a good thing Marcy never did that Because I wouldn't have known a single song that he yeah, he's, he's a, a, bastard, for he's a what, 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 bastard
1: for it He's an absolute bastard for
0: it Here's a song by Doris Day That she released when she was <laughs> called Doris Day And it was a B-side yeah. as
1: well Alright thanks Marcy Exactly when well, she I'll, was Mary Louis I'll, rel- yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to relate to that very much so Exactly yeah. There's usually one song On those little collections that he puts out That maybe you'll know maybe the thing about covers man if someone covers a song and I don't know the original I feel like we just oh, give a show like, like, I
0: don't really care it'd have to be a banger put it that I way I can't reference it towards it's not a cover for me anymore it's just another song I mean, yeah
1: it, it has is. to be a killer like an absolute yeah. killer of a song it really yeah, does anyway that was yeah. no effects but lower um, off the collection of B-sides and um, kind of unreleased songs uh, called 45 or 46 songs that weren't good enough to go on our other albums um, that actually has 47 songs on it. Right, cheeky. They're cheeky, them lads. Who was your last yeah. one?
0: Well, the last few B-sides I've picked have been from the purple patches of those bands. I really feel like Radiohead going from the bands into OK Computer was arguably the best time mm. Um the cure around the pornography area is my, my favorite yeah. nirvana i have a short lifespan but anytime around them is grand so this next song um starlet by smashing pumpkins is from a really great really great period as well it's between gish and this uh what you call it sorry so dream mm. and it was written because like i mentioned earlier Billy Corgan was told, oh, you're releasing this in England. You need to an, add another song on to... I think this is from the B-side from I Am One,
2: which oh. is off
0: uh, the, the Gish album, which I, I think Gish is really, really good. But it's, yeah. I'd never listen to it. I never really want it. Uh, the... I listen to it every couple of months. To There's too much guitar wankery going on because he's yeah. trying to impress his dad who's a deadly guitarist. Like, that's great. And, and it's got James Eha fucking whittling away there as well. It's grand. Like, it's mm. fine. But this is... um. This is mad. So this was written after Gish was finished, I guess, you know? So mm. they, they said, he, he said in an interview, I was what, or watching the interview. It was when he was um, playing some of his acoustic songs and he went, to, he played Starlet. Now he didn't play all of it. Because Starlet, this song is 11 minutes long. Mm. We're not going to play all that, obviously. Um, but he said, yeah, they had to throw it together. And I think it was half written, but they went in, finished it and recorded all in the space of 12 or 13 hours. Um. And what what you get is a kind of could only really be a B side. It's a yeah. jam session by the end of it. Sort of, not really, but it's it's a long it's one of those long songs, yeah. much like Yellow Ledbetter Better as well. Yeah, yeah. Um but it's mad because he 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 said that he's very surprised to hear the fans saying, Why is this not on Siamese Dream? Hmm. And he, he said, Like, Do you know what? I remember distinctly like getting there, and it's a really memorable song for us because we bashed it out in as early, We never mm. felt it was strong enough to put on Siamese Dream. So, the great thing about this song is it is like it's not really a B side off Kish because it is, it is not, it's off, yeah. it's, it's off a song off So, mm. but this really feels like a nice little extra bit of Siamese Dream. So, if, if mm. anyone's listening, they have never heard Starlet. Here's a little tree, eleven minute tree for you. That <laughs> yes. is extra bit of what I've considered to my dream. So give it a, a little bash there.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I love it. it. Has that has that
0: fucking guitar tone. <laughs> That's Obviously, only a small snippet of the 11 minutes, but that is a nice little slice of mm. extra Siamese dream, or even extra kiss if you want to look at it like that. But I really feel like because I think that they were already in the process of starting on the feel for uh Siamese dream when they mm. wrote that. Mm. That's why that's why he mentions it. We know why it wasn't on Gish because it was written after, but when he's talking about like they were already in the midst of writing Siamese Dream yeah, and this yeah. was out and it was thrown on as, as a B-side. To, I think it's on a B-side and of course, it appears on Pisces Iscariot, yeah. which is a decent. B, it's decent. It's got some stuff on it I'm not mad about. But to be honest with you, for a band that are now currently struggling to write yeah, there's Absolute a lot of bangers. Bangers. Yeah, yeah, there's
1: a double fourteen yeah. on one side and seventeen. There's an awful lot of stuff. Well, on that like just
0: that, that, yeah. that's that's just the four side is what it normally was. The <laughs> next version has both. But yeah. that that's this is from a really great period in their lives. They have another fantastic song as well called a B side called Speed Kills. Mm. I think that was from Stand Inside Your Love it was around the Machine era anyway, mm. and. um they have that other brilliant song from Last Hoy that I play, played on the radio That's show right. Yeah. They yeah. have some great stuff now. They are struggling. Actually, their new album, or their EP slash album is out now. I'm going to give it a listen. I really oh. wasn't a fan of the last... We talked about yeah. a couple of weeks ago on... Um. On the don't you forget about me episode where yeah. like, bands were struggling to, to some bands were struggling. These guys are struggling now to get that kind of stuff out. But I think they're going in the right direction anyway, sort of that last single Ramona. <laughs> it's not great, but it's definitely in better direction than some of your stuff. So yeah, gear, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am have a goo on me now for smash pumpkins, but I'm not getting it from the new stuff. So I have to dig a little bit deeper and yeah. deeper and deeper. And then I always remember that this was a great song off Pisces Scary mm. and uh, it is, yeah. It's it's one of my favorite B sides of all time. I think so. That's it. Telly. Eleven minutes of that. Um, that's that's the lot. That's our best. Well,
1: it's definitely that. This definitely a volume one job. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You could do this forever um, as long as Spotify allows us to find <laughs> these B sides. Because what I tell you exactly what I was going to do is um, I was I have thousands of seven inches that I've just been collecting my whole life, and what I yeah. was going to do is I was just going to grab like a hundred of them and flick through and pull out a couple that I liked the A sides, and then see what the B was, and see if that was yeah. going to be an interesting take. Um, but do you know what? <laughs> the last two weeks of my life has been a fucking disaster. So really, ah, oh, sure. every time I try to do something, something else happens. It's just yeah, like for for the bloke who doesn't really have a job right now, uh, I, I, my days are, are full. They're full, man.
0: Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Like I don't really get it. Like, I don't maybe- understand. I don't get it. I am seen to be like, there's times where people go, oh, my, can you do this for me? I'm like, oh, I'm busy. And, and I can feel it. Sorry, what? Yeah. yeah how are what? you? How are you busy? Yeah. Like, I just, some people are in loud, like yeah. we're, we're talking about getting on for certain games and stuff like that. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I'll see how what do you, you get on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's
1: no way I could commit to playing games right now. Like, it's just, I'd love to. I'd love, I'd love to have a couple yeah. of good gaming sessions, but you know, I, I, I live in a house with a lot of animals. So, uh, if I sit down, something will go wrong, the fucking parrot will have a heart attack or a pigeon will fall or something. I just yeah, you've like, got that extra responsibility. Like,
0: and to be fair, like sometimes,
1: they, like obviously,
0: herself just be looking after the cats a lot more than me, but they do take up time when they want, attention right, They do, they want
1: they, attention, they want yeah, attention, and you, yeah,
0: ha- you will not get to do anything during that time. You get they to do nothing
1: else. I try to do my notes when I let the birds out for a flap, um, in the evening. And yeah. uh, i am make a cup of tea and I'll sit there, I'll have my notepad out and I'm like, okay, because we, 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 we uh, like tonight we're a night uh, later than we would usually record the podcast, just because mm. I, I didn't have time this week to sit down. Yeah. Every time I sat down with a notepad to put together this list and do me notes, the parrot would jump on me hand and steal the pen out of my hand. <laughs> and I'd have to fight the parrot for the pen. And I tried to give him his own pen, but he didn't want his own pen. Like he wanted my pen. So yeah. I even I'd like give him my pen and I'd start writing with the other pen and he dropped that pen and try and steal the one <laughs> I had in my hand. So I can't I can't fuck him win. You need to uh, you need to become ambidextrous. <sighs> and then the one of the pigeons will land on my shoulder and the pigeon will want a rub and the parrot will attack the pigeon and then the pigeon will attack the parrot and they've got like board warfare. So mad. and then one of the dogs is, one of the dogs is in heat and do do
0: the birds actually
1: oh, want a little rub? Oh yeah, yeah. That's mad. Oh man, the parrot in particular, parrot It'll bite you if you don't rub it. Wow! Take a of you. Is it keep
0: them warm or just love the comfort of Not it? Not,
1: it's love it. They want to see to be. They They be, be look like they're dying. They start yawning and all when you're rubbing them, like arr, 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 making noises and all. Oh, deadly! I like the pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon gets, cool. gets flat like a pancake, and kind of sticks its arse up in the air, and you have to rub it in the back of the head, and it starts like a cat, like starts vibrating. They're mad. Mad jokes. Anyway, that's it for that. this that's week uh, for the, uh, the 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 last yeah. last avian fucking podcast. Uh, we're back <laughs> on Monday. Uh, we're back on Monday with a show. We didn't have a live show last Saturday because, as we mentioned, we're moving the live show there every second week. So, by the time this comes out, there should be a live show for you this Saturday coming, yeah. and uh, we'll have a fresh podcast for you the month, uh, the month to Monday after. Uh, if you like what we do, you can support us by going on to patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. That's a monthly subscription service, and it's five euros a month to get access to loads of exclusive podcasts and videos and loads of little projects and messing around that we're doing. Uh, uh, if you don't want to subscribe, you've got the kofi.com forward slash Lost Our Podcast and just tip us for our work because that's our kind of job at the moment. Yeah, uh, all the links for this are in the podcast feed. They're on our Facebook page. Uh, they're on our website, which is lost our podcast.com So uh, if you don't want to spend any money, that's fine as well. Like if... if 10% is donated money, and the other 90% just shared the link. We'd be happy, I think, to be honest with you.
0: Pretty much so, yeah. Yeah, um, and we so do appreciate the people that are still on Patreon because they're still 100%. solid crew there. And we will the be so solid out. crew. I know we keep mentioning this, but there is a video we are working on. It's just taking a little bit longer because you'll see why, and uh, we'll probably be sticking out on Patreon a few days before a yes. good for, as much as long as we can before we uh, release it. Uh, yes, the rest of yeah. of you guys because uh, Patreon people have been really patient.
1: Yes, they get they, they, re- they get the dibs on stuff beforehand. I think that's they, fair. They
0: did get our listening to to lemonade, which you will do yes. another one of them soon. We're gonna do of,
1: maybe in a week, or two, yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. So thanks to the Patreon people that are already doing it. If you want to get on there, there's a shitload of content you're going to get already that, that has been drip-fed over the last year and a half or so or however long it's been. Yeah. Uh, so check it out. And it's, you know what, it really does help. It's it's very small amounts and either way, whether it's CoFoy or Patreon, it's very small amounts. Exactly. And we, we, we notice it, it adds up for us and helps us pay for it helps the increasingly
1: like rising bills of Spotify and uh, everything's going up bastards I went to Tesco and it cost you 200 quid man Two hundred.
0: Tesco have shot up uh, since the the pandemic I've noticed
1: robbing bastards like and that stuff's not even good cunts anyway that's it for this week back next week (laughs) thank you very much good afternoon good night good morning whatever you are night